Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody, Best of 2012, the comedy edition. This is a compilation episode of all of the best stand-up bits that you've heard throughout the year. We've done, I didn't count, I should have counted, we've done a lot of shows in a lot of different cities. And sitting with me in my lovely apartment is the lovely Adam Friedland. Good morning. Good morning, Adam. Adam, uh, you've been a part of the show now for a year. I think you actually started the start of this year. Yeah. Uh, you've performed on most of the Washington, D.C. shows, sometimes mm-hmm. under your name, sometimes under an alias. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I wanted to do is to run through our our top 11 episodes of the year, our top 11 episodes of comedic performance of the year. Is that fair? Does that sound like a good time to you? Yeah. Well, I like comedy. We both love, we're big fans of comedy. And UMTE. Yep. Uh, Human Centipede's a great film. We're going to talk about it. And uh, YMTE. YMTE. The first comic coming in at number 11 with a bullet. Number 11. Number 11. The double ones. It's like the Twin Towers of Numbers. Number 11. (laughs) Katie McVeigh. Katie McVeigh, this is from our Chicago show that we did. It was our uh, four-year slash three-year anniversary show. Four years of the podcast. Yes. Three years of the live show. This was recorded on November something. This was released on November 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it features Brian Babylon and music from Deadbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie is a very loud comic. She has a web series called Yell You Better. Yeah. And do you have any notes about this comic performance? You've listened well, it's to it? Just, yeah, I've listened to it. I've You've loved dissected it. it. I've dissected it. Um, and clearly she's someone that needs help. Um, That's fair. And, you know, she shouldn't be dealing with her problems in a comedy scene. No, no, no. She should probably be dealing them in an institution. That's fair. And um, so, you know, you know, pop it in your earbuds and take a listen. Because uh, Katie, uh, I thought Katie McVeigh was actually a character, uh, a cross-up between Timothy McVeigh and Katie Lang. The famous lesbian. Uh, so here's Timothy McVeigh and Katie Lang, the famous <laughs> observational comic performer. You meet them everybody live at the Hungry Brain episode, I think 250. Yeah. Uh, I have social anxiety disorder, uh, which makes it hard to leave the house. Um, I, I find that if it, uh, so long as I stay out, I'm okay, uh, which means I carry with me at all times. I carry deodorant. I carry a toothbrush. I carry toothpaste. I carry a Kindle charger. Not the Kindle, but somebody's got to read. I just, I carry it all, and I just stay out. Um, but I got the flu for four days in, in January. Uh, the end of those four days found me in a monochromatic tracksuit making up wraps that a chicken would tell to an egg if they're trying to sell one another on the free market. Uh, and my Chase Bank statements started seeming like really possessive friends with their low APR demands. Um, <laughs> I was like, leave me alone, Chase! And they were like, no, which makes them better than my real friends, but that's fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You're not worried about it. I can tell from your reaction you're not worried, but that's fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. Um, if you're like, hey, that lady seems sad, and I would like to know how to be more like her, take out your pens because I'm about to tell you how I date. <laughs> You've been wondering. No, you haven't. All right. That's fine. Um, I have a system for dating. It's called the B-Plan. Uh I call it that because if I had an A plan, I would clearly be using it, but I obviously don't. Um, (laughs) Do you want to know what it is? Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, First step, bro. You see a bro, you go, yo, bro, what's up? Second step, bone. You go, yo, bro, what's up? Hold it in. Third step, belittle. You're like, yo, bro, what's up? Hold it in. I'm not going to Moonrise King of You because I'm not a goddamn pussy. Fourth step, be aggressively alone. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot of friends because I'm emotionally exhausting. People are like, this is exhausting. Um, so I, I, uh, I, uh, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to in August because my within the span of three hours, the kid I was hooking up with was like, not anymore. And the, and the girl I was living with was like, oh, I don't think we should do this again. So uh, I spend a lot of time Googling my feelings because uh, Google will always listen, even to your most specific feelings. Uh, uh, like, I spend a lot of time Googling, like, what if you show up to your office drunk and everybody else seems to be having a career and searching for something more meaningful? What do you do then? And Google sent me a moving compli- company in Portland, and I was like, maybe. Um, <laughs> or you Google, like, hey, why do I go through a room in a year and sometimes people are all 
hook up with me and I don't understand why that is. And then Google pulls up your browser history and it's just millions of Pat Benatar videos that you've been singing to yourself while crying in the shower and leaving the door open just a little bit, hoping your roommate might notice, hoping that she does, hoping that she says to you, hey, you seem to be going through a rough time because you're singing a lot of Pat Benatar videos and watching them constantly in your room. And I understand that you're going through a hard time and I'd like to talk to you about it instead of you having to come to me because you're emotionally exhaustive. And sometimes you Google, like, hey, Google, what happens because I'm so emotionally exhaustive and I can't handle it. And other people can't handle it. And sometimes you're in Memphis and you're telling jokes and someone's like, hey, you have a joke about your grandfather dying. You shouldn't let anyone steal that joke. And you're like, hey, you're an idiot because that's the story about my real grandfather and you're dumb. And Google's like, I don't have anything for you. (laughs) Um, And then sometimes you cry. Ugh. That was uh oh <laughs> well that was something wasn't La- it laughs good times laughs all around for oh. for everyone involved yeah it was a good time it uh, was a great time so that was Katie the Hungry Brain moving on across the country all the way to New York to Long Island City ooh I know it exotic was a, it was an exotic show we did at the Creek in the Cave our first show at the Creek in the Cave uh, the lovely alt comedy venue. Ow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Adam is drinking coffee. Adam, you want to throw some plugs in really quick? I just want to plug a couple things. I want to plug Encarta, if you want to find out things about the world. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, I want to also plug POW, just coffee.pow. And uh, they're they're a very nice sponsor of ours today. Yep. Um, to thank them. Also want to plug, uh, you know, just uh, Wyman, everything. Wyman... What's this? Y'all me them everybody. Y'all me everybody. Y'all me everybody. And everyone, I want to plug Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is pretty great. Anyways, this is Ben Cronenberg, TV credited Ben Cronenberg at uh, The Creek in the Cave. This is episode 253. Uh, Also on that episode is Brian Moylan and Ned Hepburn. Oh, I'm a fan of all their work. A lot of bros being bros. It's a good bro show. So here's some experimental alt comedy to tickle your eardrums at number 10, Ben Cronenberg at The Creek in the Cave. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for a man who has two separate pronunciations of his last name, Ben Cronenberg or Ben Cronenberg, everybody. Here we go! Thank you. Thanks. I'm going to put this back in here. I like that it was handed to me, though. You know, like this is some sort of relay race. And luckily I was in the first, if you're the first part of the relay, do you feel like you're in a relay race or like, like from like two to the next, to all the other people feel like they're. It's always hard to know what to talk about when given the opportunity to talk about it. Because at one point in your life, there there was that thing that made you want to go places and talk about things. But then you get to that place where, does it really matter? Have you been shaking your head the whole time? <laughs> Well, he's right to do that. That's what I'd be doing. It's a talk show. (laughs) Onward and upward to number nine. What? What? What was that? What, what, wasn't that crazy? Was that that's alternate? That's it's what alternative comedy. What does that mean? It's just it's just not very good, or is it? What, yeah, that's really what it means. Oh, you know well, how? Okay, like who's your favorite comic? Um, probably Bill Cosby, Bukowski. Mine's Cat Williams. Okay, yeah. So well, like yeah, Cat Williams, like that's a number one best comic ever, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so one. this would be like the guy that opens up for the guy that opens up for the guy for Cat Williams. Oh, well, that's pretty huge. So that's like he's still in an arena, but it's like a half-filled arena. Oh, yeah. yeah People yeah. are still c- coming in. Pretty pretty lame stuff. Just in front of like the early the people. Yeah, it's like, a, do I want to get a popcorn? Do yeah. I want to go back to my car to smoke drugs? Or maybe I should watch this comic. That's where Ben Cronenberg fits in. You know, that's Ratchet. That's yeah. what Ratchet is. That's exactly what that is. So that was number 10. Moving on to number 9, all the way to Philadelphia. 
Ooh. We were in Philadelphia at the Grape Room. Oh, great. This is early in the year. We had nice. a lot of wine. Lucy Lucille Ball made an appearance, and she stepped on our drinks, and it was cool. And uh, this mm-hmm. performer named Carolyn Busa, Busa, mm-hmm. Carolyn Busa performed. Mm-hmm. You've listened to the bits. You've analyzed the bits. What are your thoughts on the bits? Um, I think that the bits, um, if they were together more, yeah. it'd be more of a whole. Yeah. But on their own, they're just bits. Yeah. You know? So what you're looking for is more of like an art piece. Well, like... And not just colors on a canvas. You know, it's greater than the sum of its bits. Yes. You know? Agreed. All right, so, yeah, here's Carolyn Busa at the Grape Room early in the year. It was a show with Doogie Horner. It was a really great show. So, yeah, here's Carolyn. That's his uh, name. That was a get. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a get. Doogie? You don't know Doogie? Or do you no, know Doogie? I don't know. He was on America's Got Talent. Really? Yeah, dick. Oh, well, I'm, I'm saying that's a great get. Yeah, that was a great get. We also That was actually a really good show. We had, uh, who else do we have on that show? We had uh, Robbie Bennett. He's uh he was on Fallon earlier that week actually. Oh, I'm being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. He was on Fallon earlier. Yeah, he was on. Yeah. He did. He did Felicio and Jimmy Fallon as a musical guest. A musical. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. So here's Carolyn Busa at the Grape Room in Philadelphia, episode two o two. I don't know if you guys know this about me. I used to be a teenage witch. Yes. <laughs> it's true. My witch face started as soon as I realized the boy I liked didn't like me, and then. Then all of a sudden, I was a witch, you know? That's when, I, that's when I started turning away from hygiene and turning towards candles and incense and chanting repetitious phrases about the keys of my heart while dipping rose petals in wax in my friend's basement. Like, instead of just washing my face or brushing my hair, I thought by becoming a witch, I call the shot, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, Mom, I do not want your mortal noxema, okay? <laughs> I will rub this apple core on my face and then bury it in the backyard like a normal adolescent. <laughs> Come on, please. I loved the craft. Anyone the craft? It was, I thought I was going to be a witch forever, forever. But then I saw Cruel Intentions. I was like, I want to be a slut. <laughs> So, apparently I should be a slut. I don't know if you guys know this. Someone came up to me like, Caroline, I didn't realize you're a Scorpio and a redhead. You know what that means, right? Like, well, besides that I was born at the end of October and my friends call me fire crotch, no, (laughs) I don't. He's like, no, Carolyn, you are probably a freak in the bedroom. Freak. I was like, well, first, thanks, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. And probably, okay, I am a freak in the bedroom. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not of the bendy or insertion kind of freak. <laughs> it's more of the watch Gilmore Girl reruns and scrapbook topless kind of freak. <laughs> yes. It's very, very difficult to live up to your astrological and hair color sexual expectations. <laughs> I feel like I have to spice things up a bit and make some nipple tassels or something. I mean, I got enough glitter, so be all right. I did that joke once, and after a show, this dude walks up to me, and he's like, you know, I read in a book that said Scorpios are more likely to get murdered than others. I was like, wow, because I think by book, he meant the journal he keeps in his mom's basement. You know, behind the, gri- the brick with all the locks of hair he cuts off from his victims. So I just walked away from him. I didn't want to be the next entry in the book. I didn't. All right. That was, uh, that was Carolyn. Woo! Woo! Fire. We're on fire right now. Number that eight. was blazing. Number eight. Speaking of blazing, number eight, Randy Syfax. Oh, Randy Syfax. At the Wonderland Ballroom. This is our first DC appearance well, of, let the, me just say, of the year. This Go guy ahead. is an impersonator. He is. Okay, what is he hiding? That's what I want to know. What is he hiding? Tax evasion. Tax you know, fraud. be yourself, Randy. Yeah, be yourself. You know, I could do an impersonation right now. For go you, ahead, just go to ahead. show how easy it show is. Show me an impersonation. Give me someone famous. Uh, let's do uh, Randy Syphax. Uh, no, give me someone like uh, oh, like Bill Cosby, Bukowski. Yeah. Bill Cosby. Let's just use regular Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Okay. And Here's, here is Adam and Freeland. Action. Go. Well, the thing was how, but oh, It's pretty good. <laughs> That's zero practice, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just bits. Flowing. I'd say it's like four out of ten. 
I'd say. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was very... That's zero preparation, zero no, care. No, I mean, he didn't give me, he didn't tell me, like, to, like if someone wants me to do, like, I do a classic. Um... Do one of your classic bits. Okay, classic. One of my classics is Gene Hackman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We gotta got secure the secure the perimeter. Keep, we gotta secure the perimeter. That was really good. Yeah, thanks. That was really good. So you basically when you're listening to Randy, just remember these. Yeah. And how good these were. It's like Randy's pretty good, but you're better because you didn't practice at all. Yeah, well he practices every day I know. being like, other get over people. It. Why don't get you practice on being yourself? Yeah, buddy? just be yourself. Okay. Maybe, maybe you take some yoga. He's very or something. you think he can dunk? He's very tall. No. No, he can't even he could lay up maybe. If you do plyometrics, you could probably dunk. Yeah, well if you do that. Well here's Randy Syfex episode two eleven. Randy The Wonderland Ballroom. We're in a tough spot. In a tough spot. But uh, I played basketball throughout high school and college. I watched basketball mostly throughout high school and college, but I was usually always one of the few white guys on a team. My friends used to always mess with me. They used to be like, hey, yo, Rand, come over here, man. I knew something was up. But hey, man, you know who you look like? You know that dude, Benny from the Sandlot? Don't he look like him? Don't he look like him? Like, hey, Rand, you know who else you look like? That dude, yeah, yeah, from the Sandlot. That's yeah, yeah's ass right there. Matter of fact, Rand, we think you look like every dude but the black kid from the Sandlot. It was always a co-signer like, hey, yo, that's true. You do be looking like them dudes, dog. Every dude, I'm going to say like every dude, fam. I'm sorry, man. Hey, you're right. You're right. Um, I overheard these group of black guys actually after my last show, and it was good stuff, you know, which could have been bad stuff, but it was good that it was good stuff this time. And uh, one of the guys was like, I like that one comic. You know what I mean? He kind of looked like that dude Mowgli from the Jungle Book. You know what I mean? Real skinny, right? You know? He's like, oh, yeah, I know you talk about. You talk about that Ralph Macchio, karate kid-looking motherfucker. The fucking Daniel son-looking motherfucker. The fucking my cousin Vinny-ass-looking motherfucker. Fucking karate kid part two-looking ass motherfucker. So that sound like Richard Pryor getting on me like, you know, the, the fucking Jeff Goldblum-looking motherfucker. Up there looking like the flying shit. You know, the white looking motherfucker that was up there talking like a black motherfucker. Shit, his best joke was him thinking he could say black motherfucker twice and walk his white ass up out of here alive and shit, huh? We will stomp his Mowgli ass looking out, motherfucker. See how funny that Mowgli shit is now. About right there when I stepped in, I was like, hey guys, thanks a lot, I appreciate it. They're like, nah man, nah, you cool, you cool. You stupid as hell though. <laughs> Which is the best compliment you can get from a black guy, actually, is stupid as hell. Trust me, that's all we're gonna have to do on that one, is just trust me. Um, they're like, hey man, do that Dave Chappelle shit again. So I went into it, I was like, DC's different. <laughs> I'm telling you man, DC has changed. There's a lot of white people walking around, isn't there? And usually when I do Dave Chappelle jokes, they don't sound anything like Dave Chappelle jokes. They sound more like Young Jeezy lyrics. I'm just up there like, big wheels and big straps. Boy, I like it super size. My passenger is a red bone. Her weave look like some curly fries. Which would be great if I had a red bone. It would be great. Um, I don't know. All right, that was Randy Syfex at the Wonderland Ballroom. Now, woo, hot stuff, huh? That was hot. I controversial. Thought the, last, the last one was hot, but this is this is on fire. It's a pretty controversial podcast. A lot of people don't really realize that, but uh, this is actually from the a few weeks prior. This is uh, from the middle of March. This is uh, Jen Tisdale on the show. Woo. Yeah, anything else or just woos? Oh, I mean, we well, fans of the show, we all know, we all know Jen. Jen became the po- the podcast co-host Jennifer, after this yeah. appearance. Jennifer Tisdale, Tom Bridge from We Love DC is a guest on this episode, and Gordon Withers, the cello player, closes out the episode. It's a very varied mm. episode. It's a good mixture, a cornucopia of entertainment for the whole uh, for the value of a podcast, whatever that is yeah, to you. You know, true. this is episode two ten. Some might say a smorgasbord. Some some would. Those people. What uh, is a smorgasbord? It's like a cornucopia of meats. 
Is it? It's meats. I don't know. It sounds like it. Shouldn't it's it be a board of? Is it like a charcuterie tray? No, charcuterie is uh, what you do to your nails when you get your nails done. You get no. some charcuterie. Yeah, that's what charcuterie that means. is. Cured meats. No, no, no. It's when you get your nails done. Your nails. I'm sorry. Your nails. Did. When you get your nails did, you get a charcuterie tray. Okay. So here's Jen Tisdale. <laughs> Coming in at number seven with a bullet. Yeah, Jen Tisdale, drop, bring the pain. I uh, so bad. I uh, I gave up. Uh, I gave. Well, I didn't give up drinking for Lent. Clearly, uh, as as my table can attest to that. But uh, thank you, thank you. I'm 32. Um, but I did give up uh, sweets because I love like cupcakes so much, so much that I wish it was the only thing I could eat. So I gave it up, even though I'm not really religious. And I even went to church for Ash Wednesday because it felt weird to give up something for Lent and then not do that whole thing. But I fell asleep while I was there. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, my priest had drawn a dick on my forehead. I was like, hey, <laughs> you, you, he was funny. You guys were like, Catholics aren't funny. I'm like, I know, I'm an Episcopalian. <laughs> um, so today's the uh, we're just talking about all this death but we didn't say anything about Biggie we're gonna is that your more proof of your racism I guess is, today's uh, the anniversary of his death although obviously if you know anything about rap you can just be like he probably actually died today because aren't they always still alive forever um, and somebody was like hey Biggie forever and then I wrote apparently not <laughs> Yeah, he's, please, what I say is not going to change the fact that he's dead. Just like Kurt Cobain is still a pretty good guitarist, but a better marksman. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) This guy loves suicide. (laughs) He's like... Loves it way more than Kurt Cobain, and Kurt Cobain really loved suicide. Ah, a lot. I actually, I actually did lose a friend recently. Um, thank you to pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are looking for a lot of photos of a distended belly with veins running through it, I can tell you where to go. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell you where to go. <laughs> Although, I, I had this idea um, about, like, the pictures. Uh, you know when people get engaged and they do, like, those real super nice pictures of, like, you know, his hand and then her hand over top of it, and you're like, that ring didn't cost a lot. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if, it, like, when you had to announce that you guys were going to have a baby, like, you just took a picture of her vagina with, like, his penis sort of draped <laughs> Over it, right? That's where it starts. But then, it, but wait, it would be in, it would be classy, you guys. It would be in black and white because everything is classy. Everything's classy in black and white except for the civil rights movement. That was not. That was number seven. This is number six. It's Monty Litwack on You Me Them Everybody Love at the Wonderland Ballroom with Amber Sparks and Jason Mendelssohn. Ugh. Now, Adam, it seems like you have some passionate feelings about Monty Litwack. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me let me just get started, okay? Okay, here we go. Because comedy this year, 2012, 2012 comedy, is getting overrun with the nerds, okay? Nerds. Nerds, nerds, nerds. Nerd cast. Like this asshole, Matthew Litwack, throw Modest him Yahoo's in actually. Actually, really quickly, the garbage. Modest Yahoo is his actual name. I don't care what his name is, okay? Because okay? he's a nerd, okay? Not he's one of those of comics that just does shows in the middle of a dry cleaner or a laundromat or something. Yeah. You know, go to a club, okay? Yeah. Put on a pair of pants and do some comedy, okay? Well, to be fair to Madi, he was wearing pants in this episode. How do you know? I was there. They were probably nerd pants. Well, they were nerd pants, They were yeah. c- cargos, They probably. were cargos. Those are the official pants of nerds, cargos. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not and a... so I'm just sick and tired okay. of all of these nerds, okay? Yes. Best comics. Number one, Colin Kane. Number two, Colin Kane. Number three... Uh, probably me. 
that is what comedy is about. So it's not Colin about Kane, Colin Kane, Adam Freeland. It's not about the nerds, okay? Yeah, it's not I'm about them. I'm with you. There's too many nerds. Too many nerds. Well, here's one of my favorite nerds at number six, Marty Litwack Ugh. from episode two thirty seven. I uh, I'm Jewish. Some some people would say it's like my most religious quality. Um, it's pretty weird though, because I used to live down south, which like if you're a hands-on learner, the south is the place to learn about anti-Semitism. <laughs> okay, like I met this one guy, he was the worst bigot I've ever encountered. Not because like he was like awful person, just because like he was terrible at being a bigot. Because normally they're like, oh, Jews control the banks, but this guy was like, it's raining outside. You know what that means? Jesus is mad at the Jews. And I was like, that's not how the weather works. <laughs> and he was like, yep. When Jesus gets angry, he's sitting up in heaven. He just starts throwing down lightning bolts. And I was like, that is not Jesus. That is Zeus. <laughs> and he was like, you better shut your mouth or Jesus will strike you down with his magical hammer. And I was like, that is Thor. <laughs> and then he said, you, you, better, you better quit your blasphemy or Jesus will smite you just like he smited Mumra. And I was like, that is not even a god. That is the villain from Thundercats. I'm not even offended right now. I just want to see your Bible. I think somebody stuffed a comic book in there. But I had this roommate uh, from Alabama, and his uncle was a skinhead, which I would have appreciated knowing before I moved in. But this is how he tells me. One day, I'm like playing video games, and he walks in and says, Hey, man, my family's coming to visit. Is that cool? And I was like, Yeah, I don't see why not. Go away. And then he says, Don't freak out, but my uncle has a tattoo of a swastika. <laughs> so I was like, Pause. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you just say your uncle has a tattoo of a swastika? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, man, don't freak out. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he was like, see, I knew you were going to freak out. And I said, yeah, my people tend to do that when we're around Nazis. And then he said, it's not a big deal, all right, because he's got a lot of tattoos. Most of them, not swastikas. And I was like, that is not how tattoos work. You can't cancel out something offensive with a bunch of regular things. Okay? Like, if I keep a dead person in my basement, that's bad. Doesn't matter how many alive people are down there. <laughs> but then he was like, no, man, my uncle's not a skinhead because he got this tattoo in prison. So I was like, why was he in prison? And he says, he killed a guy. So I was like, let's focus on that. <laughs> Should have been the first thing you said. And then he was like, come on, man, just let him stay a couple days. What would Jesus do? And I was like, throw lightning bolts at Jews. <laughs> it's, uh, it sucks, though, because I used to be very religious, and I'm not anymore, but there's like a lot of thought patterns you can't really escape. Like, to this day, my biggest turn-on is just a Christian girl covered in bacon. Are you... Really? No, it's cool, because the truth is my biggest, biggest turn-on is Christian girls covered in bacon who don't even know about Jews. <laughs> so we can talk after I get off. All right. It seems like when we first started this countdown, we were all over the map. We've seemed to settle in at the Wonderland Ballroom. This is actually our last performance on the top 11 of the Wonderland Ballroom comics. This is number oh. five. This is Jamel Johnson. Yes. Adam, do you have any opinions on Jamel Johnson? Yes. Go ahead. Jamel Johnson is great. He's pretty good. He is great at stand-up. Yes. He is great at singing. He, he is. is. 
He's he, on the comedy. We did a Christmas album. He do on it. it all. He's he a phenomenal dresser. He he likes hockey all, jerseys. He, he looks like a black, beautiful Kevin Smith in those <laughs> hockey jerseys. So coming in at number five, the big black beautiful Kevin Smith, Jamel oh. Johnson at oh. the Wonderland Ballroom. I love him. Featuring guests Jared Harrison and Lindsay Deming from Sweetbread Gyms. Uh, this ah, is ah Jared Harrison. This is episode. I think what you're doing right now is homophobic. What? Are, is it, are you doing homophobic? No, stuff? you said that the ear, the Jared Harrison. It was very uh, Midwest. Oh, okay. Sorry, I said Jared Harrison. You yeah, know, Jared Harrison. Like, Did I, was I talking like the at? I guess I don't want to insult Midwesterns that's because where I'm from. I'm we're, from the Midwest. Because yeah, and that's probably where, where are you from? Have listeners? I'm from Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that Las Vegas accent like? It's very homogenized. Yeah, kind of. People coming from all different parts of the country. It's kind of like a cornucopia of pedicures. Some might say smorgasbord. So here's Jamel Johnson at the Wonderland Barroom, number five with a bullet. Trying to figure out how to get paid, right? You guys, you guys into making dollars, making and banking, getting some guap. Because maybe comedy isn't it. I don't know what I need to do. You know what I think I might do? I think I might be a supervillain or something. That's where the money's at. It's a a, you could corner the market. Super villains always want the whole fucking world. That's too much for me. All I want is like a townhouse or something, you know what I mean? So if I get like a, you know, some dudes together, get a weather machine or something, and then like, and then like hijack the UN, be like, look, motherfucker, look, I'm gonna put the whole US under a blizzard. If y'all don't give me 12 grand to help pay for this weather machine I just bought, I took some loans out. My credit score is fucked now, dude. Help me get that 12 grand back. Give me a condo in Arlington or some shit. And them them Jordans that just came out, I'll shut the shit off tonight, I promise. I promise. Then I'll be paid, man. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to to ball, trying to stunt, trying to go to the club with a a diamond t-shirt on, right? And then pop out of like a wooden Bentley, like an all-wooden Bentley. With the tree limb still on it, dangling and shit. That's so limited. It's in no Bentley catalogs right now. It's nowhere. That should be tight. Like, fuck some Redskin tickets, man. I'm trying to go to Mortal Kombat. You feel me? Let's go there. They're fighting for the Earth, girl. It's in outer space. It's not like it's not like courtside at the Knicks. It's not you. Diddy can't go. You can't even pay money. You have to kill people. You have to kill people to go to Mortal Kombat. It's the only way. That should be tight, man. That should be so tight. That was Jamel Johnson, number five at the Wonderland Ballroom. Incredible. Pretty great. Transcendent, some might say. You know, I really liked where he said, where he was talking about how how white people do things. (laughs) And then he was talking about how black people do things. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty interesting... That was a different way to look at the world. Because they do things differently. We do things differently. differently. Isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. crazy. Like, and my... even, like, some white people might do things differently from other white people. That's true. And so that's really where comedy comes from, which is, like... White people. Well, people doing things differently. And black people coming yeah. together in a room, uniting under a cause. Yeah. Well, yeah. Adrian Pierce. Adrian Peters. Um, coming in at number four with a bullet is Lisa Traeger. This is at a this was in a Chicago show in uh, February at the Whistler. The Whistler is a wonderful club, and uh, it, it's also a cocktail bar. And it's not the best place to do the talk show. It's uh, it's a tough room, and uh, we have some of our best performances because it's such a tough room. I know that sounds stupid, and it is stupid. Anyways, this is a good set. You from know, Lisa Traeger. You know, these Chicago comics, they really are barstool philosophers. Shut the fuck up. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I say about them. You know, you have oh, God DC comedy is all about razzmatazz, okay? It's all about razzle-dazzle. Lighting effects. How can I get booked at Cool Cow? Stay- How can I get booked at the Draft House? How can oh. I drive to the suburbs to get 10 minutes to get not get paid? How could I do this? January 31st, <laughs> Adam Friedland, seven minutes cool cow comedy you're getting paid for that 
No. No? You're not? You're, but you really work no, I'm like, a guest. You can't pay guests. No, you can't. You can never pay comics. Uh, we learned that. You can't pay guests. <laughs> you can't pay guests. You can pay the headliner. You can pay the, 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 the feature. The middle? Middles? The feature. The middle. Middles. Uh, this is from February. In the Hunger... Not the Hunger Bear. The Whistler. I'm sorry. It's the Whistler. Guests include Ian Belknap and music from The Harrow. The Harrow Ooh. played a great set. This is Lisa Traeger. Uh, you listen to the set. What do you think about Lisa? You know... Her poor parents. That's that's her all. Her poor I parents. Guess. She says some controversial things about being a parent. Yeah, I just think Lisa Traeger. You know, she clearly has a lot of problems. Most of the people on this show have had a lot of problems. Um, and I think you know, I think they need to uh, deal with it in other ways instead of in front of people in bars with microphones. From episode two hundred six, here's Lisa Traeger on You Me Them Everybody. Silly. But I also, like, he loves candy and I love candy. And, like, being in a relationship, I just feel like all we do is eat. And, like, I just, I feel very out of shape. This is the most out of shape I've ever been. So I started going back to the gym and, like, I kind of feel, like, self-conscious about it. So I just tell people I have kids. And then they're like, (laughs) they're like, damn, you look good. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Thanks. Like, you know, little Emma, she's two months old, little giggle monster. Like, Jack's a really good big brother. I'm just, like, such a working mother. But it's great. Yeah, I don't have kids. I'm just, I just really love nacho cheese sauce. So, like, it's weird. But, yeah, having kids is weird to me. Like, I don't know how women are like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to push things on my puss today. That's it. Like, I don't get it. Like, one day, my number one goal in life is to push things out of my puss. I don't get it. (laughs) It's just so gross. Like, yeah, you know what? I want my belly button to stick out for a change. Gross. Put on a shirt. These these bitches are wild. But, yeah, I hate pregnant women, and I hate, like, buying gifts for babies, and they all want gifts for their babies. And, like, buying gifts for babies is like buying someone in a coma a new dress. Because, like, they don't, they're not going to remember it. They don't know how to use it. And they're going to shit all over it. So, like, don't spend that cash. Um, people are always like, Lisa, you don't buy gifts for babies because you're a Jew and you're cheap. And I'm like, that's very not nice. Like, that's very mean. But they say it. And I just, I don't think Jews are cheap. I just feel like history has taught us we need to save our money for the next time you all want to kill me. Like, that's it. <laughs> I just, like, I want to afford a plane ticket, you know? No trains for Lisa. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, like, if you hid me in a cupboard, you get caught, because I talk all the time. Like, I cannot <laughs> stop chatting. I, like, I love to chat it up, but it's fun. My dad, yeah, Brandon mentioned I was a Russian Jew, and, like, my dad was born in 1938, Soviet Russia, which is pretty nuts. Like, the communism, Stalin, everything, like... He had such an awesome childhood. Like, it was awesome. Like, he had enough food, and, like, he never waited in lines ever, ever. And, like, he doesn't, like, hoard canned food in the basement or anything. Like, he's just, like, real good about that. I'm glad you guys got silent when I'm talking about my sad dad's life. Like, that's awful. Yeah, you're talking about pregnant bitches. Nuh-uh, we chatting. But you're talking about your sad dad. We're going to listen up. That's silly, you guys. But even though I was a Jew, I went to... Uh, oh, my God. Well, I live with my parents now. It's, I'm young. It's fine. But, um, <laughs> like, they're, my, they're senior citizens, and there was Viagra on the kitchen table. And at first, I was like, get it, Dad. And then I was like, Mom has two fake hips. Watch out. Like, be careful. I like her. But she's cute. Um, but even though I'm a Jew, I went to a Christian college because, like, shit happens, you know? And so I went to an evangelical college, and it was weird. These people are weird. Like, this one girl from my Christian ethics class, like, we're still friends on Facebook, and her status recently said, I wish swallowing wasn't so important. And then there were six comments, and not one comment was about dick sucking. That's crazy. That's weird. There's a population of people that they read, I wish swallowing wasn't so important, and they don't think about sucking a dick. That's weird. All the comments are like, sorry, you have strep throat. Feel better. I can't believe you're still sick. Not one was like, just spit, you idiot. Just spit. And then there were boys, and they wore T-shirts that said, you don't have to do it to prove it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think you do. Just like 
fuck it out once, you know what I mean? Just like one time. Or you're on your honeymoon and someone gets a UTI and like you don't know what's happening. Just like <laughs> fuck it up one time. Like, cause doctors are expensive in Hawaii. Just like get it taken care of, experience it. I don't know, it's weird. And like, I don't know. One time I saw a car and like the bumper sticker in front of me said, um, relax, God's in control. And that was super cute. So I crashed my car into it. And then I was like, no, Lisa is, huh? And it was fun. Um, it was cute. All right. That was Lisa Traeger embarrassing her parents at the Whistler in February in Chicago. Uh, that was number four. Coming in at number three with a bullet are the Putterboss sisters. Ooh. We did a night of... Uh, Ooh, uh, twins. <laughs> They're not twins. <laughs> Double trouble. <laughs> Double trouble from the Putterboss. Yeah, it's the name of their album. They're uh, Chicago Comics. Chicago well. Comics. Okay. They produce my favorite Sunday night Bar show. Barstool Philosophers. Let me tell you, Bear <laughs> Barstool. <laughs> they are Barstool Philosophers. And uh, this was recorded at the Hungry Brain with uh, Chris Connolly, who is in a bunch of bands like Ministry. Ooh, I love comics. Angry Birds. And kitchen table, Illinois. <laughs> it was uh, this was night four of four. We did it in a row at the Hungry Brain. Rock Falls was our musical guest or our musical house band each night. It was a it was a really fun run. This is show two eighteen. Adam, you listen to the comedy that's about to be played for the listener at home. What do you think about it? Um, well, I think that you know I don't understand why stand up comedy is just one person because if you could have two people. You should have two. It should be. It's it's twice as good. So this is this twice is, as good. Well, I mean, it's for three. them, it's like two of them is like one Louis C.K. So this is as good as Louis C.K. Yeah, because it's two because people. It's two people. It's, yeah. just a, it's just numbers. It's a numbers game we're playing here. Well, I mean, they have the advantage. Louis C.K. is only one That's person. That's true. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So yeah. here are the Putterboss sisters at the Hungry Brain episode 218, number three. Yeah. Um, let's let's bring this to a similar portion of the show called okay. um, "Who Wore It Best." Right. Uh, the stars do it. The stars do it. You guys know about them. The stars. <laughs> right. And I've read Was Up magazine, so I think that I have. Yeah. Enough. I think you were in Was Up magazine. Actually, one time, I'm not right? gonna lie. I was in Was Up. So. <laughs> not to brag. Not trying to brag, guys, but all them that left don't know that a Was Up star is right in front of them. Not trying to brag, guys, but I did work at Navy Pier, okay? <laughs> Took a drug are. test to be a holiday cop. What's a holiday cop? It's somebody that dresses up in festive gear and passes out tickets to kids that don't have enough holiday cheer. And that's true. And that's my career. Good career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's bring it back to... Uh, who wore it best. Who wore it best. Right. Who wore it best for you, I think is the Skokie Players Theater put on a production of Donnie Brosco, and you were one of the extras. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yes? You uh, just look like a hungover babysitter. Oh, that's funny. That's because that's my actual profession. Can you call that a profession of Not what a 13-year-old does? No. Babysitter's Club. I don't even do as good of a job as Dawn from the Babysitter's Club, you guys. I just hold kids and shake and, and just say, me and you are going to eat so much bread today! <laughs> uh, and then I hope that I don't drop them because I'm usually doing this at night and then I take care of kids in the, in the morning and then I wear these nice mom sneakers that I yeah, found in the trash. Good sneaks. Tiff, you can't wear those sneaks in a, in a hip bar like this. I know. You know that? I was taking care of children all day. This is what the little girl that I babysit for told me today. She said, are you married? And I said, no. And she said, well, so you're just a woman then. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I guess I'm just a woman. And she goes, well, maybe someday somebody will throw you a bouquet at a wedding. <laughs> maybe. And she said, maybe. don't you, don't you have like a boyfriend? And I said, no. And she said, why? And I said, it's too much trouble. And she said, not if they're a prince. I need you to. said you can't find princes at 4 a.m. bars. That's true. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Big City Tap every night and ask people if they're princes. See if it I works. Can tell, I can tell by your, your bronzer and your armband uh, tattoo that you're a prince. That's how you can tell. Um, I also take care of kids. I teach kids theater. Um, 
And uh, one of the little girls asked me in a similar way. Uh, she's like, do you, Miss Danielle, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, no. She was like, well, I'll tell you how you can get one. You should straighten your hair and wear some makeup. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. And then I just wrote it down. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm writing that down to say into a microphone because that is hilarious. <laughs> um, and then this other, also, really great comeback. Um, this little kid was like, you can't color like that. And this little girl goes, you ain't no Judge Mathis. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Oh, oh, hey, what's, what's up? What's up? I was in what's up. What's up? You're looking at a star, sir. A what's up magazine star. You might notice me from pictures such like this. Do an, does that do anything for you? Ooh. Just gonna walk away from, just gonna walk away from your dreams, I understand. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the only crowd work I know how to do is inappropriately hitting on people by calling myself accidents. <laughs> mm. um, um, let's talk um, about accidents. Um, um, let's talk about some accidents. Let's talk about accidents. Where there's we... a, there's a big accident down the street. It's called, uh, Big City Tap. Oh yeah, that's true. Good place for soulmates though, guys. Ugh. Terrific soul, soulmate searching. Uh, Big City Tap came to us and they were like, we need to get some more people in this bar. Can you come up with some slogans? And we said, I'm a marketing whiz, of course. Uh, Big City Tap's the only place in the city that you can go out and hear bros say things like, yeah, took that pussy to pound town. Uh, um, here's the thing. I have a pussy. It never wants to go to pound town. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm in, I'm in Chicago, Illinois. I feel safe here. I don't need to go to Pound Town. Not at all. Although I would like to go up to a bro and just be like, hey, you know, you look like the kind of guy that could really take my pussy to Pound Town. <laughs> in a really serious way. See so how many bro, bro, bro dates I get. A lot. So uh, a couple of the slogans that we came up with are these. They might sound something like this. <laughs> Big, Big city tap. Uh, can I puke in your hair? Because mine's full. <laughs> Big, Big city tap. Big city tap. Hey, babe, sorry. My shark's tooth necklace is totes poking your lower back tattoo. <laughs> Big, Big city tap. Big city tap. I'm not trying to sound gay or anything, but you mind if I just put my dick on your dick for a little bit? Just two bros <laughs> Dicking around, you know, just no big deal, just not gay, just trying to just set my dick on your dick. We're just bros, is that cool? Alright, that was the Putterboss sisters at the Hungry Brain, our four night run in April. Uh, that was number three. Number two, with a bullet, James Fritz at the Hungry Brain. James Fritz. This is our February show at the Hungry Brain. It was released on March first, twenty twelve. It features Dimitri Samaroff and Scott Lucas from Scott Lucas and the Married Men and Local H. It was maybe my favorite show of the year. Now, you listen to James Fritz and his comedic performance. Adam, yeah. Adam Friedland, what did you think? Well, you know, you know you're talking Chicago comedy. You are. You're talking barstool philosophy. Barstool philosophy. You're talking, uh, hey, I'm, I'm working over here, okay? I'm going to leave it all on the stage. Talking Springsteen comedy, okay. So what blue you're saying is comedy. James Fritz is blue collar comedy slash Bruce Springsteen. He is well, not the blue collar comedy tour. Oh, I'm just saying. Blue collar. Well, he's just blue collar, like blue collar, because he's working up here. Okay, he's, he's working, working over here, doing the bits. Like, hey, I'm working over Where, here. He's okay? doing it. Yeah, he's working. Okay, he's working. You can go on stage, be like, uh, you know, Ben. Uh, uh, can I, uh, like, Number know, 10, Ben Cronenberg. Yeah, you could be like that, just uh, you know, doing alternative comedy, whatever that means. Yes. Or you could be, hey, I'm working up here. Okay? Hey, I'm, show I'm showing you my soul up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sharing my soul. You know, you have the, the uh, Kyle K9, different, different uh, you know, Chicago comics. That's another Chicago comic. Bar yes. stool philosophy. So this is number two, our favorite bar stool philosopher of the year, James Fritz at The Hungry Brain. Recorded in February, released in March, episode 207. But the fact that these Catholics want to rule your fucking pussies again, like, if, why is that Cardinal Francis George Geraci, whatever the fucking guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you can't regulate something you have no 
fucking knowledge about? Pussies? That's what you're going to try to regulate Catholic Church? If you want to regulate, like, how wheat thins become literally, like, your leader in my body once I eat them, or, like, little boys' mouths, then go nuts, because that's what you know. But lemons, pussies, shut the fuck up. That's my new catchphrase. Shut the fuck up. I think it's going to stick. Um... But people get mad when I talk about religion on stage. It's weird in like in like real places. No offense. In like real. <laughs> no, I love it here. But like in real places, like you know, like oh, you can tell butt fucking dick sucking, gay bash all you want. We love it. Nachos, nachos. But like the second you talk about religion, they're like, no, because that was for me. Like fucking. But it's so. These are the same people getting their load on on a Saturday night at fucking twelve. And, like, people get mad in this town when I talk about Catholics, which, because uh, most of you are, I assume. But, like, I was raised Southern Baptist, so I feel like I can talk about anything because I was in the shit. Like, <laughs> fuck you Catholics. You can complain about it all you want. I was Southern Baptist. If you're not familiar, it's like they saw the Baptist and they went, not a lot of racism and hate. We're going, we need a new one. It's like all the guilt of Catholicism, but none of the architecture or beauty. It's just... <laughs> It's just like puke orange carpets and fat tick-like red-faced men screaming about the queers for an hour and a half. It's a great way to raise your child and if you want them to be a drunk stand-up comic. And, and, like fucking, and it ruined my fucking life. It ruined my parents' life. It ruined their fucking marriage. Like my ruined my mother completely. Like A lot of parents stay together for the kids. Uh, she's staying together for Jesus, and he never goes away to college. Uh, he's kind of a hippie, it turns out. But... But, like, my parents, like, had no, like, affection growing up. They weren't affectionate at all. Like, like, like my mother would stay upstairs and listen to, like, religious music. And not the good kind, the white people kind. And, and my dad would be in the basement, like, watching Sanford and Son reruns or something. And then they would meet up for dinner, eat, and go, ready, break, and then separate to their living quarters again. And they still do that to this day. And, like, fucking the perfect metaphor for my parents' marriage, um, I realized when I was home over Christmas, it has to be the bathroom door in the house I grew up in because there's a hole in the door that my dad punched through when I was like four years old because my mother was in there taking too long of a shit than a Christian woman's supposed to take. Um, I think it says in Leviticus, she shall be in the loo no more than 15 minutes unless it's 47 days in the field. And she had an extra salty ham that day. So she was pinching off like a 20, 25 minute loaf. And so my father, to convey his displeasure since words are for queers, decides... Decides to just punch a fucking hole through the bathroom door while his wife is in there taking a shit. And I hope he led with his ring hand. So the first thing she saw was that glimmering symbol of together foreverness when she thought she had a moment alone. And that's not the fucked up part of the story. Uh, the fucked up part of the story is to this day, these cheap adult human beings haven't replaced a $40 wooden door. No, what did they do? My mother took a quilted hand towel with a rose on it, pinned it up, and covered up the rage hole. And that's the perfect metaphor of a Christian marriage. Heaven forbid you come over for dinner sometime and lift up the hate doily and see the swirling hell mouth of truth underneath while you're trying to digest your apple pie. Praise his name. He is Lord. Am I right, ladies? How a woman can believe in the fucking Bible blows my mind. I've read the book. It says you're property. That's like a black person defending slavery by going, well, we do get uppity sometimes. No, ladies. Have some self-respect. All right, I'll keep going. And, um, <laughs> and the fucked up thing is my mother's not a dumb person. It's just religion t taught her to compartmentalize her brain. Like, in her, in her, in her, private, in her public life, like she was the first female principal of our hometown, fought the old boys network. I was like, go, mom, you're a badass. And then she'd get home and just be like, I have to submit, submit, submit. And that made me so sad because I love my mom. Like, she gave me my heart, you know. And she's an awesome lady. And... And she hasn't really gotten a chance to live because of religion. She got married really young. She's from a smaller town than me, uh, of like 80 people. She got married at like 20. She's never had a drink of alcohol in her life. Uh, she's never said a curse word in her life. Uh, thank God she can't figure out how podcasts or the internet work. <laughs> <laughs> she's never been with anyone but my father in her life, you know, who I'm just guessing from his everyday conversation. He's not a very giving lover. And... And she just turned 75, and she's not going to be around much longer, you know, southern diets being what they are. And, and I just want her to, like, live a little before she goes. So, like, before she dies, I just, like, I just really want my dad to buttfuck my mom. And, and I want it taped, and I want to see it. Um, 
No, not the whole act. That's gross. I just want like a tight close-up of her eyes the moment they open wide and she realizes that there's a world full of possibilities out there and you only get one ride on this planet and you kind of have to try different things before you know who you truly are inside and then maybe next Christmas we can all do mushrooms together. And if anybody didn't like that joke, I just question how much you really love your mommy. Thanks, guys. James Fritz, everybody. There you go. As too much, as too. All right, that was Barstool Philosopher to the Stars, James Fritz of the Hungry Brain. Oh, man, that guy, James Fritz, he is quite a comic. That's true. That is quite a comic. That was number two. Are you ready for number one? Uh, who could that be? Well, this, this gentleman is uh, doing something different on the show. This was recorded a few days before the presidential election, and um, I, I held it back until after the election because I didn't want to sway any votes. You know, I, I didn't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So I held it back. Where and, was this recorded? This was recorded in Chicago as well at the Whistler. You did this in Chicago even though you have a comedy podcast in Washington, D.C. That's true. The daughter of the president's. The number one city probably in America, where both houses of, of uh, commons are. Yeah. And, and the queen. And you go to Chicago, and Illinois, and get some biting political commentary. Well, here's the thing. about I think you have it backwards, my have, friend. Well, here's the thing. I had a lot of political commentary all year in D.C., you know, I yeah, wanted it's to, true. It's, it's just nonstop. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go on stage on Friday. You know, what it's going to be just two hours politics. of politics, nonstop yeah. politics. Yeah. New rules. New yeah. rules. Yeah. All these rules. Like, yeah. There's so many old rules. And Democrats rules. need to learn to grow a sack. Yeah. So there's yeah, all that like second. That kind of so this this was cool because this was recorded a few days before the election, the Sunday before the election. And uh, our friend Star Spangled Stanley Adams uh, decided to pay a visit. And we don't have a lot of musical satirists on the show. So mm-hmm. it was really refreshing to uh, to see a musical satirist like this. Star Spangled Stanley Adams also goes by the name Joe McAdam. And uh, he's a very funny man. So without further ado, are you ready for this, Adam? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, I am. Number one with a bullet. Star Spangled Stanley Adams from episode 245. Woohoo! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the election is this week. It's a very, very divisive time. And I wanted to bring. Divisive? Is that a word? Nope, divisive time. I wanted to bring a political satirist on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for my favorite political satirist, Star Spangled. Sylvester Adams, everybody. S S S A. I think it's Stanley. It's Stanley Adams. Stanley Adams. I'm sorry. Star Spangled. Stanley Adams, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, Brandon's favorite political satirist uh, doesn't know my name. That's fine. Um, I I do uh, I do political satire. I do I do biting political songs uh, in the vein of your Capital Steps or your Mark Russells. Uh, Whereas they might be on PBS, I am uh, I'm, I'm in a bar in in, in, a, in a a poor neighborhood in Chicago, and uh, and and yeah, not doing quite as well as those guys. But I still that doesn't that only sharpens my 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 tongue for satire. Um, if we could just we could get started, we can uh, kick it off with one of my first songs here. Um, both sides of the aisle, they both they both deserve it, and I give it out equally to both sides, Democrat or or uh, Republican. Barack Obama went to town riding on a deficit Stuck a finger in his butt and said it smelled like peppermint Barack Obama smells his butt, Barack Obama likes it One time I saw him kiss a boy and he's a secret Muslim We're just jabbing the president, we give it out on both sides, you know what I'm saying? The Republicans can take it too Let's see if they can handle this side, huh? I bet they can, I bet they can, right? Mitt Romney went to town riding on a pony America's interest in his heart Obama's full of baloney Romney looks like a president Obama looks like a phony This jaunty political song was paid for in part by Hormel Pepperoni Thank you Hey, gotta pay the bills Hormel Pepperoni uh, sponsors my act 
Everything I say has been pre-approved by Hormel Pepperoni. Uh, thank you very much. You can you can uh, fade out on that one. That's a uh, listen. It's it's hard hitting. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the Republicans just as hard as the Democrats. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Like I like I'm saying, it should be noted that it is uh, entirely sponsored by Hormel Pepperoni. Uh, you can find out more about them at protectmarriage.com. Please look up Hormel Pepperoni and find out more about that amazing company. Uh, they, they have all sorts of foods. They're a fantastic, fantastic company that believes in the banning of homosexual marriages. Uh, fantastic place. Uh, well, next up, of course, we have to uh, we have to give it to the president again. You know, we gotta we gotta we gotta give him a little bit of a jab here. That's all we gotta do. We will just go to our third song. You gotta keep current with political satire. You gotta keep current. So let's do just that. From the halls of Clinton's White House to the bed of Lewinsky, we know old Bill Clinton likes his sex, so that's all I've written down. Alright, keeping up with the news can be very difficult. <laughs> it can be quite difficult. My wife left me 28 months ago. Now all I own is this plastic hat. I made no attempt at continuing the lyrics because I ran out of paper. I had the choice of cleaning myself or having a glass of water. I chose water forgetting completely that I had this commitment to make now I'm here boy oh boy regret regret that decision huh totally regret not washing myself what if Linda ever sees me like this there's no way she'll take me I haven't seen my daughter in over a year. Now she calls David her dad. I know it's due to these songs that she left me. It only pays for a month every four years. But I can only do what's in my heart. Please eat Hormel pepperoni. Thank you all very much. Please eat Hormel pepperonis. They're a proud sponsor of the Republican Party. Never stop eating Hormel foods. Protectmarriage.org. Thank you very much. There you go. What'd you, <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you think? What'd you think? Um, what did I think? I think that 2012 is the year of comedy. That's pretty clear based upon these 11 sets we listened to. We listened to some punchy stuff. Katie McVeigh, Ben Cronenberg, Carolyn Busa, Randy Syphax, Jen Tizia, Madi Litwack, Jamel Johnson, Lisa Traeger, the Potterball Sisters, James Fritz, and Joe McAdam. And that's one black person. That's one. One minority on the list. Jamel that's pretty Johnson. good. Well, does yep, that's it. Yep. Just that's it. Oh man, this well, is real racist. All right. Good racist show. Good racist show. That's a good racist show. You know what? I think that uh twenty thirteen might even have some more surprises in store. I don't know about you, Brandon. No, no, it's gonna be this. It's gonna be this. Just more of this. Just more. It's pretty fun. It's, yeah, a it's, not bad. it's medium. This is a six. Yeah, that's pretty six. It's higher than five. Our best of is still a six. We did it. Well, the best of, that was a six and a half. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth the hours of effort. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of comics I wanted to include and just didn't due to audio quality, stuff that didn't translate mm-hmm. in bits. Um, there mm-hmm. wasn't only one act you heard in its completion, and that was the final act, Joe McAdams bit. But everyone else's acts were heavily edited. To- Shouts out uh, Fox News Red Eye. Shouts out Steven Crowder. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. You gotta... Shouts out DMX, uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Rainbow. That was a pretty fun Christmas time thing. <sighs> Shouts out Adrian Peterson. Uh, do you have any plugs you want to get rid of? Uh, get rid yes. of these plugs. Go. Plugs. 
On the 20th? When's the improv show? Oh, the 19th. On the 19th, you can find me at the DC Improv. On the 16th, you can find me at Wonderland Ballroom. Doing what? Doing Funny Moms. Funny Moms, a comedy what? Uh, it's a comedy experience. Um, the first Funny Moms, probably the most successful local show since You Me Them Everyone. Um <laughs> 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 oh, uh, the 31st times. you can find me at cool cow comedy <laughs> you suck arlington you cinnamon draft house seven minutes in heaven cinnamon and watch adam friedland do bets come to arlington cinnamon draft house and um Stop we're also having there. another another funny moms on january 23rd <sighs> woo January looks busy for me, Brandon. Four shows. Four four shows. Um, also, you can find me at youmethemeveryone.com. You know it's everybody, right? Um, yeah, I know. Okay. Um, because even I understand breaking character for the bit and everything, but like when you're giving away the actual website and it's not something that people yeah. are going to bing, uh, you need to give it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I said, yeah, you should say the right. I should say like the, the, the right. Fuck website. around with the name. I say y'all, y'all, me, them, everybody. Yeah. I say. Um, Do you know Miranda July? That movie. Yeah, that's, that movie. This is such bullshit. Th- this is a tribute podcast. To M- Miranda. Miranda July is bullshit. Yeah, this is the tribute to. Miranda Let's July. finish the comedy top eleven countdown with Miranda July is bullshit. You stupid cunt. Get off of the TV or movie screen or whatever you're doing. Why don't you just not Stop go see it. your movies? Get some more talent, you piece of shit. Wait, wait. Why are you hating on her? Just because uh, we stole our name from her? Miranda July? Yeah. Miranda July? Do yeah. I even need to? Okay. All right. A, make some comedy. B, talk normal. Three, um, stop being such a hairy cunt and... <laughs> D, well, you're saying a lot of controversial stuff here, and uh, I don't think it's a good way to end the D, year. D, put a little bit more effort into your movies. They're a little bit lazy. Okay, All right. that's that's. Thanks for. I also want to plug um, 2013. That's that's nice. It's nice to end the year with a plug for the next year. Yeah, that's fun. We're at the Wonderland Ballroom Friday nights. We're in Chicago once in a while. We're in New York once in a while. We're in Philadelphia and Baltimore once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, we're just having a good time. Just just doing stuff, hanging out. We're just having fun. Can I say something funny before yes. we sign off? Um, I was on. I was flying on Christmas Day, okay. and the flight attendant was wrapped in like lights, in like Christmas lights. Oh, really? And they were all blinking and stuff. And I, we were actually in Minneapolis flying to D.C. Okay. And I, so I went to her. I said, oh, I really like your lights. And she said... Yeah, we're just having fun. So thanks for having fun with us, guys. That's what we're doing. We're having fun. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful night. All right, bye.